Questionable, a podcast exploring religion, asking difficult questions, and encouraging honesty. You can join the conversation at thatsquestionable.com, that's questionable podcast on Instagram, or at thatsquestion01 on Twitter. Welcome to That's Questionable, the podcast. Jim here with David and Nathan. How are my friends doing? What up? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Good? Good. Nathan, survive the weekend? Well, we can't there. not talk about it. I mean, I when you I, talk about every week. I had no clue we were going to bring this up. <laughs> what, football? Yeah. I thought I didn't think we talked about football on this podcast. I thought this was a, right. uh, this was a spiritual zone. journey well, podcast. If you, want, if you want me to talk about the Titans being on a two-game losing streak, I'm happy oh, to talk man, about that. Too. that hurt. That hurt it's a little bit, too. Little bit. So. Yeah. They, uh, but anyways, the Buckeyes lost to Michigan. There, I said it. You're hmm. not supposed to say the word Michigan. Oh, yeah. Ishigan. <laughs> Can't pronounce the M. Oh, okay. The uh, team up the, north. The team up north. So, anyways, I'm. I. You've already I'm, got a scenario in mind that gets them into this. That's right. FP. Yes. So a missile lands on the stadium while Michigan and Iowa are playing, blows them both up. They're gone. They no longer exist. So neither team can win or lose, but neither team can make it in, and. Um, Something drastic has to happen to Georgia and Alabama, too. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of, like, zombie apocalypse virus that hits the stadium and they all go crazy. Um, so they're all out. There's n- But the next logical conclusion would be to move Ohio State back up into the, the playoffs for the national championship. So. I think it's. I think it's. There's a chance. So it's a realistic. You yeah. got a realistic. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's possibility. A yeah. yeah. And and related news. I heard there's a new Fantasy Island show that's on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm living in La La Land. I get that. I understand. Why don't we just pray about it. <laughs> and Jim, you okay? Uh yeah, doing well. One last thought. Yeah. Just to just to make you feel a little better. Okay. This really was a rebuilding year yeah. for Ohio State. I mean, we talked about it preseason. All, mm-hmm. I mean, those, that's a young team. Yeah. I actually and thought they could have went 9-3 and three this year. And the fact that they were did as well as they did this year, I think, was a little bit of a surprise to everybody, but it still hurts. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. And uh, the Huskies lost the Apple Cup. I know every. I don't have to tell anybody in our listening audience about that. Everybody's so familiar with that. The, the Apple Cup. That's Apple such Cup. a fierce name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Iron Bowl. Um, you've got, yeah. Uh, what's the one in the Bedlam, whatever it's uh, yeah. in Oklahoma. And then you've got the Apple Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, you know, uh, they are the Huskies and Cougars. Those are tough. Yeah, we, yeah. cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we Washingtonians, we're uh, we're agreeable. We're an agreeable lot. <laughs> we're we're very we're very Canadian esque. Mm. Nearly Canadians. A. Yeah. You know. South Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Canadia. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. So, David, you got a question? I do. Um, 
Uh, is God the author of confusion? Let me read a little of the... Uh, That's a good one. ...the holy book for you guys. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saint. Saint, saints, I guess. Um, so it, it says there in First Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians, <laughs> that God is not the author of confusion. What do you guys think about that? Man, that's a great question. I've always thought that that was true, that yeah. he wasn't. <clears throat> you know, I've used that. I've used that verse uh, for many, many years to point out inconsistencies in uh, teachings, uh, in lives that I've witnessed, and and all of that. Uh, Can I bring another? Bible story into the mix. Bring it. Is it the Tower of Babel? It is. Or as uh, as Mumford and Son says, Babel. Uh, yeah. Um, is that the TV show? Mumford and Sons? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got... <laughs> no. It's the band. Big one. It's the big one. Elizabeth. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, no, it's not. It's not what's uh, that show? Yeah, no, I couldn't watch that show. Uh, it was too nasty or something. I don't know. Um, Your parents wouldn't let you? No, that and Three's Company and Love Boat. Yeah, my parents off. would not let me watch Three's Company. Yeah. My mom was like, no oh, way. you couldn't watch Three's I, Company. Or The Love Boat. Yeah. Love Boat. Hmm. I was okay with that. I didn't, didn't really yeah. care. Uh, but back to the subject. Uh, <laughs> so, Wait, tower. I'm, I'm what confused. happened at the Tower of Babel? Confusion. Confusion. Yeah. Brought upon by God. He scatters them. If you if you listen to some Orthodox evangelical, that's not actually that's a contradiction. Yeah. Uh, evangelical Christians, they believe that that's when the when the um, when the languages. You know, went forth, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody spoke different languages. So, I find that interesting that he confused all those people, and um, but yet he is not the author of confusion. Yeah, considering that within that, any concepts of the idea of God would have been lost because nobody could understand each other. You know, so. If you follow that to the logical conclusion, would God, the idea, the one true meaning of who God is would now be lost to most of, most of everybody Mm -hmm. at that point in time. So what was the real point of doing that? Because we all know you can't build a building tall enough to reach the heavens. So God would know that too. Yeah, that's. I would think that God God would know that. Yeah. God would know you can't build a building that tall. Yeah. So. So wait. So you're saying there's holes in this story? Kinda. Yeah. Okay. So. How many? So how many people were trying to, to you know? So was all of humanity in this one place? Well, 
if you listen to the story, it would kind of try to imply that, but that's unrealistic as well. And then how many different languages were thrust upon all of humanity? Yeah. 31. 31. Okay. I thought that was Baskin Robbins. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Right. So, so, you know, so however many tens of thousands of people there are, were there groups of, so so let's say, let's go with 31. (laughs) Okay. That sounds good. I like that. As long as mint chocolate chip is one of them. So do, do 10,000 people have this language and they all go off together and 10,000 people have this language and they go all go off together. And, you know, well, that's, that's a great question. Do, do people who subscribe to this believe this, you know, evangelical Christians or anybody who doesn't think it's some kind of allegory, you know, you know, do they think that that's where Chinese and Japanese and Indian and Russian and that's where all of these languages came from? Well, and how many dialects of Chinese are there? Well, I don't yeah. even know that answer, but yeah. but <clears throat> but um Okay, so here here's what it says. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. Builded? Okay. Um, I don't don't know what translation this is. I think this is more of the Hebrew um, revised standard. Uh, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is what they begin to do, and now nothing will be withholden from them which they purpose to do. Come, let us go down, and that's the the trinity, and confirm confound their language and they might not understand each other, one another's speech. So, and then he scatters them all over the face of the earth, uh, so that they couldn't build the city and, uh, and build the tower. So it reminds me when it says there's nothing they can't do. It reminds me of the, of the garden where the one thing that, that Adam and Eve couldn't do is eat of the fruit, which would give them knowledge. And so, <clears throat> Uh, there, there seems to be not only confusion, there seems to be on the part of um, God of us not having knowledge and not being able to accomplish things. Yeah, because you would think that the knowledge that they weren't allowed to have has already been had by humanity at this point in time. I mean we're making yeah. supercomputers with quantum physics that are allowed to make computations to – measure the distance to the nearest star. You know what I mean? It's like that is that the knowledge that God didn't want them to have? Interesting, isn't it? We send rockets to the moon. Yeah. And they just send a giant telescope up. Um where they can literally look into the the past. Mm-hmm. Star systems that are billions and billions and billions of of, of light years away, which means that yeah. the light we see is that is that old. Yeah. And so it's just it's just really uh, interesting to me. Which is interesting because the farther we look through telescopes into the past, we're not finding anything celestial, it's spiritually speaking. Yeah, we're finding other 
other worlds that could host life. Yeah. Um, so is this so, the knowledge that they weren't supposed to have? That's that's what I'm like. What was not supposed to be had? Like again, I think the story is is was meant for a period and a time thousands of years ago, and now I'm kind of implying that it just doesn't make any sense. So you're saying it's allegorical. In other words, there is. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the 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 story of the flood. There is there is a reason why that story was told, but it was never meant to be a a literal thing that happened. I, I would agree. I would say that when whoever wrote that down. At that time it was written, there was already tons of languages on the earth. That's what I would say. Whoever wrote the story of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel at that time was trying to go, huh, how would languages get all over the earth? Hey, here's a story. I'm thinking that's a possibility. But getting back to your point is if it's meant to be taken literal – then God is the author of confusion. Yeah. He would have been in that instance. Yeah. Sounds pretty divisive to me too. Yeah, pretty divisive. And that happened, that's one of the first stories right after the flood. And so he just wiped out everybody and they repopulated through his chosen one, uh, Noah. And then, it, they've done it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I just wonder if God is, is he like, it almost seems like he's reacting to things yeah. like almost like he doesn't have some kind of preordained knowledge or something. Well, that's the apologist in you. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Timing. <laughs> Let me apologize. Isn't that what apologetics is? Yeah. <laughs> it's making stuff up that, yeah. That just kind of comes at you. Yeah. And, and so then you explain it, that this is what God was thinking at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, omniscience kind of goes out the window when you start explaining all that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Cause can that, you're right. Cause the Noah and the ark, that would be another perfect story of confusion. How could a God that knows everything wipe kill every living thing except for what was on the boat who's supposed to be a loving God that's created this created everything um, for his purpose and to love him and to serve him and now he destroys everything yeah that's confusing it's yeah. very confusing and yeah. that's you know that's what I was saying and and so then you've got to start building these scenarios that explain it yeah that are all very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's interesting to me. Um, and I think we can point to a lot of places in the Bible where, um, things happen and it, it just, it's almost confounding that you just, God, it's like what's going on here, what's going on there. And it's just things that either don't make sense or they don't reconcile or, or, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I find it very different. And there's other verses there that talks about him, not that he's a, that he is a God of peace, that he's not a, a God of division or of, or of confusion. And, uh, the problem with that is the Bible. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it sounds great when Paul's saying it in one Corinthians, but it's, uh, when you really study the Bible, it's just not that way. Yeah. 
yeah, a God of a, a God of peace, but yet even you get all the way to Revelation, and um, there's a picture of Christ slain. Mm-hmm. You know, which would which would be probably equivalent to thousands of people, and that they describe the blood coming up to the bridle of the horses. You know, now if you choose to look at that allegorically, what could that mean? Sure, let's talk about that. But if you're taking that literal, which is the American evangelicalism that we've all been in, um, we all everybody that I've ever talked to believes that that that's a battle that will absolutely happen. Yeah. You know, there's nothing peaceful about that. They want it to happen. They want it to happen. Thank you. They do. They want it to happen. And it's describing uh, God in a way that goes, well, I have no choice. I have, I'm, my hands are tied and I have no ability to change this except to kill everybody that opposes me. Yeah. That's a helpless God. Yeah. It seems to kill people he had created. Yeah. For his purpose. For his purpose. Yeah, it's very confusing. Um, and I'm, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm confused about why the Bible would have so many um, uh, passages in it that uh, don't reconcile with, uh, with a, a loving God. That when I was, when I was really deconstructing my faith... That was the thing I thing I kept coming back to was why would a loving God do this? Why would a loving God command this? And and all the answers just came up shallow to me. Yeah. It's amazing how um if it was ten years ago, those answers would have satisfied me. Now it's like, yeah, it's just not it, it's just not cool. Yeah, I mean it's don't... not it's not it's not right. I mean, we can we can almost pull up any uh, story in the Old Testament, and you just go, "Man, what in the world is going on here?" Let's take a New Testament story: the story of Ananias and Sapphira. What can be more confusing than God through that story in Acts? You know, um, um, signing off on them killing. You know, putting to death two people that got caught in a lie. Yeah. Uh, that's confusing to me. It's actually, to be honest with you, in the midst, at the height of my evangelical um, it can, uh, commitment. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Give me a better word, Jim. You always have better words than – you always have words that I'm Fanat- thinking. Fanaticism. <laughs> fanaticism. There we go. At the height of my evangelical fanaticism. <laughs> I felt like that was a horrible story. I've always thought that was a horrible story. Like you're like, and you sit there and you listen to other Christians talk about that story in Acts and they go, well, they shouldn't have lied. They shouldn't have whatever. And I'm like, I mean, we have concepts today, like the, you know, the punishment fitting the crime, you know, our children lie to us because they don't know any better or because they, you know, people lie because they have, they have fear or they don't understand or they're shame. afraid they don't fit in because of shame, you know, but nobody's putting anybody to death. And in fact, everybody would condemn anybody that would even have a thought of that. So why is it okay that God could create so much confusion out of 
putting this in the Bible that would justify the death of two people for committing something that pretty much every human on the earth has done. I don't know. That that story is always – and that's in the New Testament. That's not an Old Testament it, story. Yeah, it seems like it would have been something along the lines of, you know, hey, hey, did you really – did you really hold some of this sell proceeds back mm-hmm. and and deal with it in in a loving way instead of boom you're dead you've lied to the holy spirit yeah well we lied to paul peter i mean i mean didn't i i don't know there was very little uh forgiveness there and and you know what made me so confused about that <laughs> story uh you know what made me so confused about that story is i heard a pastor teaching on this and i think it was on like a podcast i was you know i was i was podcasting different sermons and he said um that because they were saved even though they were killed they were immediately in god's presence no way come on that's that's just it's a horrible story when he said <laughs> it's like so it's supposed to be like it's well, first <laughs> off he didn't know that uh he but, missed but, them huh he missed them. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Anyway, it's it's uh, it, that's one. Of the, I tend to look towards the Old Testament, but I always forget stories like that in the New Testament where you're going, really? I mean, that's yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of they didn't have they didn't have families. You know, you think that Ananias and Sapphira's, you know, um, I don't know whoever if they had children or not or what. You don't think that they would go? Why would I believe in this? It just killed mm-hmm. my parents or, you know, whatever. That so. happens now. Uh, well, people, I'm not going to believe in God because of this, this, or this. And yeah. A lot of times the things they point to are horrible things. It's confusing, I think. Yeah, it's very confusing. It's very confusing. It's not consistent. Yeah. So one of the other things that confused me was the uh, the contradictions in the Bible. So as I was deconstructing my faith and starting to see things that I hadn't seen before, uh, for example, if you take the story of um, the garden, Jesus in the garden, the accounts are different, okay? Um, I don't know what John is smoking, if he is in fact the one that wrote that book, but it's like a totally different story is happening half the time. Uh but the other thing is, if you really look at um, the the story of the res- resurrection of Christ and what happened in those forty days, and we tend to lump them all together. That's what Christianity does. It's kind of like the birth narrative of, of Jesus. Everything's lumped together. You, know, you got the shepherds. You got the wise men. You got you know, you got all these different things that come together. The drummer and, boy. And when you pull them apart, huh? Rumpa pump pump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was confusing. We're coming into the <laughs> we're coming into the Christmas season, um, but the, but the story. If you really look at the end of um, Matthew and the end of Luke and the very beginning of Acts, you see a very big contradiction there. And so in in Luke, the disciples are told, "Do not leave Jerusalem until." I don't remember if it was the helper or the spirit comes back, whatever that term was. But Matthew is when they go, they go to Galilee. And I think in John they do too. They go to Galilee. If you look at where the ascension actually took place over 40 days, the ascension uh, in, in one part is in 
Galilee, and two two of the, uh, the the books are in, from Galilee, and then in Luke and Acts, it's from Golgotha. We have a double ascension. We have a double ascension, and I would think that if I have just spent the last three and a half years following a man uh, who died on the cross, who I've seen him raise people from the dead, walk on water, calm the, the, the waves, cast out demons, cast out demons. If he said, don't leave Jerusalem and he's come back from the dead, I would think you wouldn't leave Jerusalem. Yeah. But, and in one, and in, in one version, actually two versions, they don't, the other, they do. And, uh, and there's some, some apologists have some, some reasoning that it's, that it's 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 uh, trying to consolidate narratives and all this kind of stuff. That's where I, I looked at that. I'd already gone through the through the birth narrative and had been very confused about that, and then the garden and several other events. But when I got to that, I was like, really? I mean, I, I, I mean, how many excuses do you have to have for contradictions until you go, man? This this is. Whoever wrote this wrote pure confusion. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a confusing narrative that today we can't even reconcile. No matter what they say, it's not reconcilable. Yeah. Um, it, it, it might even be safe to say that there were different authors of those not, not necessarily even thinking of what the other authors wrote. And, you know, and I know that there's the book out there, Who Wrote the Bible? I think mm-hmm. it's a good read. Whether you have faith or you don't have faith, you're agnostic, whatever. It's a good book, and it and it goes into depth. It's it's not biased one way or the other. It's just going okay. We're going to take the facts, and I think maybe you guys have both. Um, I don't know if you've read that book or not or at least dabbled in it. Not in English, <laughs> only Hebrew, or did you do? Um, Koine I can't, I can't Greek. disclose that. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's confusing. His language was confused. <laughs> that's right. That's, I can't disclose that. <laughs> uh, but it's it, it. But it is a good. It's a. It, it's a great book to read. That will get you starting in the direction of going. Okay, some of these people had no intentions of lining their stories up with the other people. And it's going back to old Testament. And in fact, he even makes the case that some of them actually wrote books of the Bible to contradict other books because their tribe didn't agree with what this tribe was thinking, which would, would explain why John is so different than the other gospels. Yes, that's right. And there's a lot, there's a lot to think about and contemplate there, but it's a good book for people to start their thought process on. Yeah. So, uh, but there are contradictions, absolute contradictions that is creates confusion in a lot of people. And ultimately I think this is why we end up with hundreds and hundreds of versions of Christianity because everybody has to try, try yeah. to justify. Yeah. What what's, what's more confusing than having, you know, a thousand different denominations that believe different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because technically, there really is no one Jesus Christ within religion. Yeah, there's hundreds of Jesus Christs. There's hundreds. There are thousands. I don't even know how many versions of Christianity there are. But yeah, um, but um, um, they're all different, and they all try to serve a purpose of what mm-hmm. people believe. Yeah. 
Yes, but but pointing all of this out is divisive. We're creating confusion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or are we just exploring it? Mm-hmm. I think so. And I get it. Your, your, yeah, your sarcasm is that this is what Christians would say about if they heard us talking about exactly. this. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And I get, and I'm a completely understanding that, but, um, yet everything about them is divisive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And another topic we've brought up before, and we even thought about talking about it was enters in confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. yeah David said earlier, yeah. uh, you know, 10 years ago, I would have just gone along with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You, you look for answers and I think that's what happens with a lot of Christians is it is that confirmation bias and, and you look for the answers that make the most sense. But at what point do you say, well, why do you have to explain away so many things? I mean, if, if, if the book is that disjointed, then, uh, how can we, uh, how can we say he's not the author of confusion? You know, I've heard a lot of pastors teach on that the Bible should be interpreted by the Bible. So, so (laughs) it's not just one book; it's different books of different accounts. So they support each other, and that's not entirely true. I mean, you were talking about we were talking about the Gospels that there wasn't most scholars believe there was an underlying source that Mark and and Matthew and Luke. There's some debate on that. There's Q. Q. Yeah, so that's the underlying source that was a that was basically an outline of of the sayings of Jesus and things like that. So there's some underlying source, uh, and it's pretty obvious that John either had read the other gospels and was trying to offer a different story, or was just totally in left field. And 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 and, and I mean, it's not even the same Jesus. Yeah, and. My confirmation bias at the time is, like I said, we lumped. I lumped them all in together, and it was it was. It's hard. It's hard to imagine me doing that now. Uh, but yeah, that's what I did. So, do you think there's any connection to the underlying source of Q and QAnon? Well, I was on. Uh, I think that's scary. I was on 4chan the other day. You were. <laughs> And, I and thought I, he switched to eight chan. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. That's as much as I know. Four chan. Right. And now you've spoiled it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I had a you great point right. until I realized you knew what you were talking about. No, and I did. realized he did. He did actually start. It did start on four chan. Uh, but yeah. but he was ridiculed so much on four chan and couldn't do anything that he actually was like, I got whoever it was. I got to get out of here. And went over to eight chan and started it all, and that's, that's like twice that's, as many. That's just right. It's twice How many chans many. are there? I don't know. I don't know, but uh, it's multi chan. Chan, multi chan. Yeah, yeah, multi channel. Anyways, I just thought that was funny because uh, there are absolutely evangelical Christian conspiracy conspiracy theorists out there that have gone. Wait, wait. Q is the underlying source for the for the New Testament writings and Q. Whoa, there's yeah. a connection. So the Bible knew about Trump back in you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago. I, I would tell you this, though. <laughs> Mo- most of the Trump followers probably have no clue what what Q was as a source. They haven't looked at it enough to know anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just pulling, you know, 
this or that out of the Bible to create a narrative that, that makes. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what evangelical Christian American evangelicalism is, is it's at its source is just picking certain verses out of the Bible to kind of make a, make a religion. Um, and, um, somehow it justifies blowing people away with guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was probably a cheap jab. I apologize for anybody. Um, I'm not a fan. I don't care. But, um, uh, uh, which, but I think it's a great point. Um, in fact, today we had a very sad story up in Michigan, 15 year old kid walked into another school and started shooting a gun today. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't hear about yeah, that. Yeah. Killed two, I think killed at least two students and six others were injured. I don't know. The story is still developing, but it's, you know, it's a sad story that, um, we're, you know, we're still dealing with the ideas. Um, the Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, situation is another creates confusion, um, within, within, uh, I think with religion because, um, <clears throat> there's huge, huge groupings of very religious evangelicals that are taking that side of going, I'm going to shoot and kill people. Violence is glorified. Violence yeah. is glorified, and that's confusing. It's no longer G- Jesus meek and mild. The, yeah. the the Beatitudes don't even exist in that that in this form. No. There is no meekness. There is no uh, there is no love. There, there's none of that. There's no peace. There's, there's no, no peace. humility. No humility. Yeah. yeah, you can go through the. The fruit of the spirit, and and very little of that applies to the to, to the current evangelical movement. Um, I did have one other, one other story from the Bible that um, is very confusing to me, uh, kind of in a different way. I think it is in, um, I think it's in John, but it's a story of where I, I know I should have the the scriptural reference, but um, my phone's about to die, so I can't look it up on my phone. Uh, but it, it, it's, it is the story, I think in John where once Jesus died, um, uh, dead bodies came out of the grave Oh yeah, and began, began proclaiming, uh, the, the, the truth about who Jesus was or is, um, what's confusing to me about that is is that number one, it's only in one gospel. Matthew, you would think, tw- Matthew 27, 52. Okay, Matthew, not John. So you would think that would be covered by all four of them. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, and uh, no, nowhere is it mentioned anywhere outside of the Bible. Josephus doesn't mention it. No other accounts of it appear anywhere of literally people coming back from the dead and walking around a city, and there's no other verification of that event taking place. Yeah. Anybody find that strange? Yes. yes. Yep. It's been used uh, to justify a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, doctrines mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. Which. Uh, <clears throat> was a, a recommended topic we'll, we'll take up at another time, but, uh, you know, saints and, and that type of, of, of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, talking, praying to the dead, 
Yeah. Exactly. Oh, see, I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, I mean, that's that's just wild. That's that's crazy. You would think that there would be a historical record of that happening. Yeah. Somewhere, you know. Yeah, and the, the other thing is Paul Paul writes in one of his letters that that Jesus appeared before 500 people at once. Uh, that's not mentioned in any gospel. That's not mentioned anywhere in any outside source that a dead man came back to life and appeared to 500 people. That's a lot of people. Uh, and, and none of those are recorded anywhere other than Paul, who wasn't even there to begin with, that we know of. Yeah. He didn't say he was there. Yeah, He just said, well, you, you go ask him. Yeah, and once again, it just creates more questions. So yeah. did they stay alive? Uh, oh, the zombies? Yes, you know. Uh, some of them got some extra parts on Walking Dead <laughs> and uh, and World War Z. So they're still so, around. They're so still they're working. immortal. They're still around. There's, 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 a, there's a union. They're yeah. still around working. It's a whole double jeopardy thing. You can't die twice. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually a question. And in fact, I think I think that's a that question has been asked a thousand times. When you actually sit around and you talk about the, the graves opening and mm-hmm. people coming alive, everybody's like, "Well, what happened to them? Did they die again? Did they go see their loved ones? Were they decomposed?" And people were screaming and running for their lives. You know, did nobody think this? Did God not think this through when these people were raised from the dead? <laughs> Yeah. From the dead, you know, because a lot of sources would say, oh, these were Old Testament saints, which meant they were in the ground for hundreds of years, maybe a thousand years. Right. I mean, that's disgusting. I mean, who would want to see that? Right. Which, I mean, which throws uh, water on the whole yeah. absent from the body is to be uh, in the presence of the Lord. That's right. I mean, and, and would not most people in that day and age think that decomposing bodies coming out of the ground would not be the work of, of, of the devil. Yeah. Um, and it also has a tie to the end times. Uh, aren't the two witnesses, they die and then they come back to life. They do. They, they're, they're laid by the wall or they're in Jerusalem and they k- keep their bodies there as a show of victory. And then at a certain point, one of the trumpets or something was blown or something, a bowl was poured out or a vial was thrown against the wall and broken. I don't remember, but, um, and then they, they, they are resurrected and get up and it's supposed to be a show of victory for, for God. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of people coming back to life and mm-hmm. yeah. So it's also confusing. It is. It all is confusing. Like there's no, Ultimately, at the end of the day, you ask enough questions, you keep asking, well, that question leads to another question, and the only answer is, I don't know. Yeah. You, there are no answers to these questions. Yeah. You can give speculations, but there are no answers. These things should not be questionable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, that's just the question that came, that really came to me today was just, you know, um, I, I did what, you know, I w- was recommended to me that, and that was to do when I was really trying to find my, my faith again was to do a horizontal reading of the, of the new Testament, which I did. And that was the nail in the coffin. It really was. It was a nail in the coffin. 
to see how many contradictions there really are in the New Testament. And a God who is not the author of confusion, I think, I think there would be more. I know Christians say there's just so much continuity, but there's continuity in things you can't disprove. So there's, you can't falsify them, but things you can actually look at and say, that's can be proved true or false and they're proven false. Why should we, why should we consider the other things that are not falsifiable that you can't disprove? So I can't, I can't, you know, when somebody makes a claim about how would I disprove other than just simple logic, uh, which can be rare in some of these instances, how can I disprove that Jesus actually walked on water other than physics? You know, they, isn't that isn't that logic? I mean, if you study logic, which I don't, um, it sounds boring. But you know, if you study logic, or logic would say, "Can you prove Jesus walked on water?" No, I can't. And they would say, "Well, can you disprove that Jesus didn't walk on water?" Mm-hmm. That the logical conclusion would be to say, "Well, we don't know if he did or if he didn't, so we would have to go with what science would say." Yeah. So maybe that was a bad example. Well, well, no, I, I felt like I was adding to what you were saying, yeah. but, but, um, but that would be the conclusion. The most logical conclusion would be no, Jesus did not walk on water because that's impossible. Well, let, let's look at more spiritual claims, though. Just some of the some of the the claims are are claims of divinity, which many scholars would tell you only happened in John, did not happen in the other three uh, scripture scriptures or gospels yeah but but you can't there, you can't falsify that or or disprove some of the claims that are made Uh-oh. they're just claims and you have to you have to either take that by faith or not and i go well, why why would i believe the bible when it comes to jesus being the literal son of god who was born of a virgin 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 uh lived a sinless life nailed to a cross was a resurrection was resurrected. Why would I believe that when simple things of the story about, about, you know, what happened after Jesus was born, totally contradict each other. Yeah. And well, or, or what we just talked about with the Ascension, those things contradict each other. We don't even have to disprove them. They disprove themselves Yeah. with the different gospels. So, and yet I'm supposed to take claims I can't disprove. And to, well, that's fact because, you know, there's nothing to disprove. Well, you can't disprove that. Yeah. You know, other than the well, fact if you just say, I don't believe. Yeah. And, and that's why I keep going back to logic would, logic would say, you know, did, did Mary give birth to a child who had never had sexual intercourse? Um, that logically speaking, that would be, that would, logically speaking, you would say, no, that's not, that wouldn't be true. So, because the question would be, is Mary a virgin? I can't prove that. Well, can you disprove it? No, I can't disprove that either. So logically speaking, we would have to say, no, she wasn't. Yeah, but that's where it comes to faith. And, and, but, but, and that's, that's, I don't understand that. Maybe somebody needs to explain that to me in a way that makes sense. That faith, faith sounds like a way of saying, well, I know you can't, I know it's impossible to prove it to you, but you just have to say yes anyways. So you don't need faith if you can prove it. 
I know. So uh, that's great. That's that's that's, that's the whole excellent. Point. That's yeah. the whole point. Like, what is the point of having faith? To believe things that you can't disprove or prove. So is God asking us, being very confusing and saying, I can't prove this to you, and nobody can, but I want you to believe it anyways to to be saved. Is that what's going on? Is that is that the gist of it? Yeah, in my exactly. You, you gotta you gotta believe with no evidence, uh, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Is that that's where the belief comes from? Is that is that right or wrong? Yep. Well, I, I mean, see how confusing this all is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, it's it is so. The question that you just threw out, Nathan. Um, is uh, is God saying? Right, you just said it. is God. So is God mm-hmm. saying? Given the fact of what people interpret the Bible to say, is God saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and then so the question of the day was, uh, is God the author of confusion? And I think if we take you know those two similar questions. Uh, you know, I would have to say in in my conclusion in it all is no, God is not the author of confusion. I agree with that scripture. God is not the author of confusion. Therefore, all of these confusing things Mm -hmm. are not God. Is God telling us what you were saying? Just believe it anyway. I don't believe he is. I believe that if God was saying something to me, I wouldn't have to have faith. I would just listen and go, I'm in. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes, that makes <laughs> so, so like there wouldn't be room for faith. Well, God's telling me just to believe. Well, then all in what, you know, is, is what's his, what's he sound like? You know what you know what an agnostic like me would say if God spoke to him? Uh no. Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, and I get it. Uh, you know, the the idea of faith is the idea of faith is that you, you are supposed to have you're supposed to believe that things happened in the past that would then be um Jim help I need words of what I'm thinking you you believe things of the past because they will be they will contribute to what will happen into the future so you have to have faith in the past and faith in the future because be be you, so you're contending that if we have faith in these things of the past, they're pointing to our future. Yes, that's right. And apart from believing in those things in the past, we won't have that future. That's that's exactly right. Hmm. That's exactly right. Um, so, but yet everything that you have to have faith in the past to be able to have that future. That past is unknowable. Right. Yeah. So we use a word like faith 
which confuses things. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's and, confusing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and I, I, there's nothing wrong with faith. I mean, if mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want anyone to th- to think for a second that that we believe or I believe that that there's anything wrong with faith. I think where it goes wrong, and we, you know, we we hit on this frequently, is when it uh, people become dogmatic about it. Yeah, you know, faith is there's no room for dogmatism, or or um, you know, f- factuality in faith. Yeah, faith faith is rooted in humility. Yeah, here's what I think. Here's what I hope. Here's what could be. I'm going to live my life based on those things. Um, but, you know, there's no room for violence and uh, uh, certainty and uh, superiority and all those things that come out of this, um, this radical uh, idea that I am right. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is wrong, or my tribe is right, and everyone else is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm out on that. Yeah, I, and I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. It's it's when you get dogmatic about it. Yeah, and uh, I'm just no, no. I, I've been I, I I used to be that way, and um, the the freedom I feel not believing that anymore um, makes me really happy that I, I'm agnostic. I don't know. And I, I, I love that. I love not knowing. Yeah. There's a freedom in, in going, you know what? Uh, there, I don't, you know, saying I, I actually don't know. Now, I like, again, maybe I need to clarify myself. I would love, I love to say, I want to say, man, Faith can be a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because it can it can restore people. It can give purpose to people. It can. There's a lot of positivity that okay. Can well, come what from it that. does for your marriage? That's when you right. Have faith in your spouse. That's right. Yeah. And it's and rooted so, in hope. That's yeah. right. It produces hope. You know. Um, so I there's nothing about that. You know. And I think basically what I was getting to that you you both you both actually explained very well was the dogmatism of religion that tells you you have to, you know, and yeah. then calls that faith. Yeah. 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 The, the freedom that you guys are talking about is, is not just personal freedom, but it's freedom for all of those around you. Yeah. It's freedom for your society. It's, uh, you know, uh, most people, uh, most religious people I know only want freedom for themselves. Yeah. They want everyone else in bondage. Yeah. They talk about they talk about freedom for others, but it's it uh you know, it has no meaning. It's not it's not part of who they are and what they teach and how they live. They literally just want freedom for themselves. And they'll determine what what that freedom looks like at any given moment. Yeah. Which also is confusing as yeah. all get out. You got you gotta believe what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's not knowing is great. And I've been asked, somebody that that I work with asked, why do you care so much about what other people believe to even put out a podcast? And my response is, because you vote. 
Right. You, yeah, you I, vote I have to you, live in this world and, with you. And you, you know, you don't care about the climate, what's happening here on Earth. Uh, talk about science. You don't, you know, of course. Um, you vote and you drive a car and, I ha- you know, we have to interact with, with people who are, are believers. And it's like, you know, I, I do care what you think. Uh, and I, I would love to change people's minds and, and just let them experience the freedom that I do. Um, anyway, uh, I think I'm more confused now than when we started. So that's a, about confusion. Are you confused about confusion? A little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a fun discussion. So, so, uh, we're getting some some more um, topic ideas from from people uh, from listeners, which is awesome. And uh, you know, love to thank those people that are the listeners that are offering those suggestions. And yeah, uh, it's, it's great to get feedback about the podcast. Yeah, it is. We we appreciate you listening, uh, man. We we welcome you joining the conversation. Uh, we can be found on on Twitter and Instagram and our website, which uh, all of the addresses will come across shortly. Um, and uh, it's amazing uh, that that people listen and, and we're thankful for that. Yeah, we are. Yep. Yeah. My, my, uh, my oldest son, Elliot, uh, listened to our very first podcast last week and says, hey, dad, I finally listened to your podcast. I, I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's awesome when your family listens because for so long we had other people listening, uh, and none of our family actually listened to a single episode. <laughs> and, and, and finally, Amy listened listened to a couple of. She, Gosh, this is really good. Yeah. 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 It's fun. It's a lot of fun. So thank you to everybody who does listen. Yeah. And uh, we will uh, catch up with you next time we get together. Thanks for listening. Our greatest hope for this podcast is for you to join the conversation. You can do so at thatsquestionable.com, that's questionable podcast on Instagram, or that's question one on Twitter. and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those casting the pod.